tip of the tongue, teeth in the lips. What up, everybody? Here I am, uh, a little late. This is uh, Adam Pecora here. You know what it is. It is a Requiem for Tuesday recording here on a Thursday morning. Uh, don't really know what to tell you on that front. I'm just kind of slacking right now. <laughs> uh, Tuesday I had a whole uh, endeavor I had to go on. Uh, I'm on a crusade to avoid public transportation. Uh, just seems like a cesspool of coronavirus. Uh, especially because like it's packed. Like Every time I see a bus or train go by. It seems like I see 400 people on there, and I'm immediately like, uh, yeah, any any reservations I had about walking are all gone now, because there is absolutely no chance you'll catch me, you know, sitting in this disaster. I'm sorry. I'm not sorry, you know. I don't understand why people are doing it. Uh, so anyway, on Tuesday, I had to walk like fucking, I walked like 10 miles <laughs> total. I don't know why. I didn't have to. Little, little overblown, but you know, if it's a nice day and I don't have to pay for a lift, I'm all for it. So that kind of went down, and then uh, yesterday was just like I have to recover <laughs> from all this walking. I woke up stiff as a board. My legs hurt tremendously, uh, pretty much from the waist down to the bottom of my feet. There was uh, a lot of soreness going on. <laughs> So Wednesday, I was like, fuck it, I'm not doing this. Uh, so now here we are. And uh, that's why I like to do it on Mondays a lot of the time. Gives you a buffer. But because uh, now I'm going to have to do it again. You know, going to have to catch the series back up. We're going to even it back out. Uh, but anyway. So, yeah, that's why we're late. Uh, but a lot to get into on the plus side. So unlike the willy nilliness of last time, I liked saying that. That's why that pause came in, willy-nilliness. It's pretty nice. Uh, put that in the reserve bank, write that down, trademark it, get back to me. Because that's huge. Um, before I dive in, though, I'm going to do my usual plugs that are the same every time. So get used to it, because they're probably here to stay. So follow me on Instagram at Adam dot rfat rfat link in bio there will get you to all of my creative endeavors that you can check out so yeah just go follow all that stuff uh you know rate subscribe review to the podcast share it let's get the word out get this thing moving and that's pretty much all i got so we'll, we'll dive into the show here um i just wanted to give a crucial update to start. Uh, very much behind in the polls on this. I don't know why I said in the polls. That's just what came straight to mind. But I uh, finally committed. I dove in, uh, Mr. Bong Joon-ho. And uh, I finally saw Parasite. And uh, I've got some thoughts. What a surprise. You know, who would have thought that this guy would have an opinion on something? But I'm going to shock the nation, do it anyway. And, uh, you know, I'm not going to lie. It was phenomenal. You know, you're not going to get any crazy hot take out of this. You know, I'm not really not really in that business of polarization. You know, we're in the business of honesty here. I'm a journalist. Uh, <laughs> not at all. But, I mean, I do have a few gripes, you know, naturally. I think it's one of those situations where it's something I like to say all the time, like, 
Uh, I'm pretty sure I've said it on here before, as always. Uh, I think that, like, calling the Beatles overrated is the easiest thing to do of all time, and I do think that they are, and uh, it's just because when something's considered the greatest... Now, ironically, you probably couldn't say that with uh, Michael Jordan, who has been a hot topic for this show and all lately, but pretty much outside of that, you know, I think that the argument is pretty sound that, you know, something that is... In an object, in a subjective scenario, considered the best, you're usually gonna be a little bit disappointed. I feel like, or if disappointed is the wrong word, like you're just gonna be underwhelmed because when the expectations are set to the fucking moon, you know, and all that happens is you fly to, you know, Oklahoma in a plane. It's like, okay, that was a miracle, but uh, that wasn't where I was looking to go. You know, I had way more in my head about all this does that make sense like i i you know what i mean i thought we were going somewhere else it's it's like uh if let's say you thought i was gonna pop the question but then i bend down to tie my shoes it's like that's parasite to me phenomenal movie i think look i think that it got blown up for all great reasons and justifiable reasons so like the end result of it i'm totally fine with so in any, in any capacity of this sounding like fuck that movie totally wrong that's not what i'm going for here thought it was excellent i mean like it was incredibly well made to begin with like just looking at it i was thoroughly impressed and the score was phenomenal it went well with the whole thing because which is huge because if you're going to watch a foreign film in any whatever the language is, it doesn't really matter what the language is, right? Because no matter what, you're just reading English the whole time. Uh, if the score isn't good, it pretty much fucks a lot of it up. Because what is going to keep you hooked? Because I find that a home viewing of any movie is ripe for distraction, period. I mean, just so many elements. You know, you can go get food whenever you want. You can go to the bathroom whenever you want. Like... Having the pause factor for me almost fucks everything up because, like, since I know I can pause and go back, I just, like, don't. And then I'll, next thing I know, I'm, like, Googling some shit, and then I missed five minutes of the movie. And it's like, well, fuck, now I have to go search and stuff. It's like I don't pause just because I know that I can, and then it, it just doesn't make any sense is the point, and it's fucking frustrating. But with, especially with a movie where you have to be constantly paying attention because you have to read or you won't know what anybody's saying to each other it creates a whole other problem so i do wish that i saw it in theaters i think that it, that would have been the smarter move and the the appropriate way to enjoy this and really immerse myself in it now also having said that though i did make sure that i caught all of it so that sounds like i may have just like barely watched the movie and now i'm going to report back a bunch of shit and i was like an asshole so let's put that aside. I watched it fully, full attention. It took a couple took a couple laps to circle back. This was like my fourth attempt at viewing to begin with. And then even this took like a bunch of individual mini attempts. I'm just, you know, sometimes it's just, it's about the marathon. It's not a sprint. You know what I mean? Um, but yeah, on a technical aspect, 
I loved uh, everything about it. I mean, the cinematography was great. Uh, the, the writing was great. What I, the, what also I never understood was that there was never, a, I feel like, a clear picture painted on what this was about. Like, it was like, yeah, it's about the income inequality. It's blah, 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 blah. But I'm like, okay, like, what's the plot about? You know what I mean? Like, you can tell me thematically and, like, the message it's trying to send. That doesn't really help me. For me, that's how it should go. Um, I know that... Like, one time I was explaining the plot of Blue Velvet to someone, and I was doing literally that. I was explaining the plot, and somebody laughed at me, and they're like, what are you doing? Like, yeah, that's not what it's about. And I'm like, when someone asks me what it's about, I'm going to tell them, like, surface level. I don't think that you should be like, oh, this movie's about, like, fuck you, Ronald Reagan, because that doesn't sound like a movie somebody would want to watch. You know what I mean? Like, let the themes do themselves, because some movies also work without even knowing that, if that makes sense. You know what I mean? Like, Parasite's plenty entertaining without any type of context, and that's how all movies should be. So, like, if the themes are what's bringing you into a movie, that's phenomenal and that's great, uh, but I'm not going to be the one to share them uh, as, as my describe the movie. You know, if anything, that's like secondary. Like I'll do the whole plot, and I'll be like, "Yeah," but then it, it it's like talking about this. Uh, I don't know how this tangent came up, but oh yeah, right. So nobody, n- nobody was really saying anything about what it was about, and I'm like, okay, whatever. Uh, so I guess I don't have to see it then. You know, that's pretty much where that came up. Uh, so I was very surprised on my initial viewing to find out just how funny this fucking movie was. These people, the actors are hilarious. They deliver all the lines like like I don't even need to understand them. You know what I mean? Like everything is just flawless. And these people seem very real. And, uh, you know, their scheme is they just basically come up with the schemes so they can live in a, in rich pe- in a rich person's house. And, uh, you know, great idea. Great concept great thinking uh the whole family is a riot and they seem to like you know be a real fan like you know the whole thing's very convincing and well made i mean i don't really know what else to say i'm not going to spoil anything that happens because i assume that even though a fuck ton of people have still seen it there are still a fuck ton of people who haven't uh i i again i'm gonna overall say go fucking watch i recommend it you know uh, just as i would recommend any great movie however I do think that one the the biggest flaw of the movie is just it's overhyped, which is not the movie's fault at all. Uh, so if we're gonna talk from just like the movie itself, uh, I didn't buy the climax uh, as huge as that sounds. Uh, I just think that they kind of played everything pretty straight the whole way through for like an intense realism. Now there is a huge twist about halfway through, which I did not see coming, which totally fucked me up. Uh, which also the twist explains why the movie is like marketed, advertised, and even originally, like when it was in theaters, kind of seemed like it was a horror thriller leaning movie. Uh, if that is still what you think about it, it's not. Uh, in fact, it's mostly a comedy. If I had to give it any type of genre, um, I feel like just based on foreign films i've seen you know it's it's just slightly unconventional it doesn't fit within like any specific american genre you know what i mean like by default um i mean it's a comedy first and then you know i don't know it's kind of a thriller if you want to call it that but i never really felt any intense moments they're like two or three really intense moments 
But uh, the movie is mostly like dialogue driven. You know what I mean? Like you're not going to go see this and expect a whole bunch of crazy shit to happen. But at the same time, the pacing is incredible and the movie just flows by or flies by rather. Um, but yeah, I, I couldn't really pinpoint anything from it. It definitely seems like it takes a lot of influence from like American cinema throughout. Uh, I didn't write down any pinpoint fucking specifics. Go read some essay about it if that's really what you want. Um, but yeah, I, I didn't find the climax to be very believable. There's just a very hyperbolic scene that kind of decides how the movie goes. Um, and then the ending was pretty cool, I would say. Um, it seemed like the ending was about to suck. And then they do like a little twist on the end itself real quick. Just like a little hook, a little pull the rug out from under you. Uh, which was nice because I was about to be pissed. If that was how the movie ended. Uh, so props to them. And it was also like it kind of went with the comedy of the movie throughout how it all happened. Um, and yeah, I would I honestly I think the best word to describe Parasite is just clever. Uh, which I mean is that in itself should be like technically disappointing. Right. Because this is heralded as like. In the media, one of the greatest things ever to exist and ever to be made by a human being in history. And it's like, all right, pump the fucking brakes for a second. You know what I mean? Like, while I understand and absolutely support all of the, like, diversity movements within Hollywood, just because... See, this this already sounds like I'm about to be fucking hung by my feet in the town square and, like, people are going to throw fucking rocks at me for being honest about something because i mean frankly like it it just seems like this movie was just hyped up because it's foreign which is like cool you know like good support them and if this the reason why i was saying i'm like down for the whole cause is because like if blowing this out of so like blowing this to a proportion of such an insane degree results in other international films being showcased and thought of you know as normally as this one is now like it like it like it doesn't become a weird thing to be a foreign film in the oscars anymore or to just even have like a wide release in america then that's fantastic you know whatever it takes to just make more of that happen then that's cool like if there has to be one like to really be shined as an example then that's fantastic and i mean it was incredibly financially successful so i think it will lead to all those things don't get me wrong and, like, all of that is awesome. My point is just that it doesn't live up to the expectations it was brought upon itself. Like, uh, after watching it, I can immediately say that I don't really want to watch it again. I mean, I would, but it, it just doesn't have that, th- that like, all-timer thing. It kind of has an award show thing where, like, award show movies... You know, you watch them, you're like, wow, that was awesome. But then you kind of realize that that was it and it doesn't really stick with you that much. Now, I think that because Parasite is incredibly like relevant, you know, it's a lot about classism and stuff. It's relevant in America as well. I think that is both why it crossed over and why it will have a more rewatchable factor to it. Um, but and like the comedy of it, like it, it's not it's not like an Oscar movie. You know, it's not fucking Eddie Redmayne doing bullshit because I feel like he's done that like six times already. Uh, but I don't know. It just kind of has that 
that award show equality, in my opinion. I guess it doesn't really have that quality. It just has that same like, uh, that was that was great, and I'm glad I experienced it. But uh, you know, probably won't do that again. You know, like like La La Land. I was absolutely blown away in the theater when I saw that movie. I was like, wow, that is cinema magic. Haven't watched it since it popped up on HBO I saw recently. And I'm like, eh, you know, I'm good. And I loved it. Let me tell you, I walked out of that movie freaking out. And I hate musicals. I'm not a musical guy by any means. I'm a big Gosling guy, you know. So that's that's definitely going to skew the stats a little bit in that movie's favor. Don't get me wrong. Uh... But yeah, I mean, just no desire to watch it again. And I think that that uh, is pretty telling. But whether or not that is the case, my main argument is just try and fucking tell me that Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is not better and I just don't want to talk to you about it. Because that has only grown in my mind over time. And I've I've been like clamoring to try to find like a, a like a DVD or Blu-ray for like less than seven dollars. <laughs> you know, got to keep it in the budget, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, but I also I just really want to fucking see that movie again. I want to hang out with those guys again. Uh, I already saw it twice in theaters, so I mean I'm a big fan. I guess there is a bias there, but isn't that what this is anyway? Isn't this just one big bias every single time? So there's that. Um. But I do think, like, I do think it was great. Again, I'm going to justify that one more time, and then I'm going to say this last point one more time, and then we're going to move on. Because I feel like I should be sweating as I talk. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I feel uh, I feel the pillagers coming with their planks of wood and fire to my home, like in Frankenstein or some shit. I just think that... If Parasite was an American movie by American people starring American people, that, uh, you know, people still would have loved... Like, if everything was exactly the same, you know what I mean? Like, just replace it with English. You know what I mean? Like, if every... It could be the exact same cast, even. You know, if everybody just spoke English in it and it was like, this is not a foreign film. I don't think it gets nearly any of the recognition that it gets. So I don't think that I'm not saying that it doesn't deserve like any amount. I just think less than what it did. Right. So I think that if it were an American one, it would not have gotten enough attention. That's just an opinion. I mean, there's no real way to gauge that. Uh, And I think it got too much attention as is, but for the greater good, potentially. Uh, So that's all worth it. Uh, I just think that, yeah, if it were, which it totally could be an American thing. So I do think that the HBO thing that they're doing, whether that be a sequel adaptation or whatever the fuck, that's going to be fantastic. Ideally, if they try to showcase, as I've talked about, quote unquote, real America, (laughs) uh, of which Parasite's classism thing would fly pretty cleanly and will translate very well, uh, probably, just as seamlessly as like Watchmen carried over, you know, especially since it's HBO and all the people involved are great and all that shit. You know, that's just kind of a a huge plus for any project, period. Like if HBO signed on, you're like, all right, well, that'll be at least decent. Um, But yeah, I mean, no, no fucking smoke at Parasite for like making it, you know, good. You caught the hype train and you fucking rode it to the moon. I just think the critical acclaim that it has been given a little much. 
a little much. It's like the reason why I wanted to do the American comparison is not that I want um, to take anything away. Uh, it, it's the exact opposite is, is here we go. Finally arriving at what I was thinking. Um, like, uh, I'm, I'm just viewing it on a level playing field. And in my opinion, I think that critics did not. They're like, Oh, for a South Korean movie, this is a thing. Now, if that wasn't anybody's thought, then, you know, fuck me. And I'm stupid for saying that. Uh, I think that's just an easy way for me to justify not agreeing with everyone. Uh, but like, I'm, I'm great. I'm trying to grade it on an even scale. Like, uh, I'm not giving any curves or any benefits of anything for anybody. Uh, a movie's a movie, and it should live up to all equal things. So, just to clarify that, in case I sound terrible in saying the whole South Korea versus America thing, um, all props to Bong Joon-ho, I hope he gets bigger budgets going forward, because he deserves them, clearly. And, uh, yeah, so if, if, if it leads to more great filmmakers getting to make more great films, regardless of where they're from which I think it will inevitably. So, yes, I'm 100% on board. Uh, you know, just was over. It was overhyped. <laughs> the odds of me thinking, though, that this was the greatest film of all time, I mean, slim to none. <laughs> you know, there's just no way. And, like, the reason I'm saying that is because, like, if you look at the Metacritic, it has, like, a, uh, oh, I mean, uh, like, Rotten Tomatoes or whatever, but 99%, and then the average score is 9.37 out of 10. Like, yes, it is undeniably incredibly well-made from, like, a production standpoint and writing and acting. Like, it's great, great on, like, all of the surface levels, but it's just, like... Uh, the technical aspects don't make everything a 10 out of 10. Like, I don't know, the movie's fucking great. Like, but, like, like there are no flaws in its technical ability. Everybody did their job to such a great extent, but when all the parts, like, you know what I mean? Like, the story just isn't that 10 out of 10 for me. And yes, it's relevant, but you know what I mean? I don't know. I don't really know how to explain it. It's like all of the things about it, it's like, yeah, you can say that everything said in there is correct, like, there are very few flaws, but that doesn't make the lack of flaws greatness. Do you know what I mean? Like, something can just be somewhere else. I don't know. But you get my point. It's just not that high, right? Like, if I'm going to give my out of 10, 8.3, which, fucking phenomenal movie. But if I have to give it for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood... I'm probably going to go pretty high because I was thinking about I'm transitioning out of this parasite thing. I think that I lingered on that for way too long. Uh, and my take was probably offensive for no reason to a lot of people for no reason because of uh, Twitter. Right. Uh, but yeah, I was thinking about like my Tarantino rankings because, again, like it's coming one of these days. I'm going to buckle down and like really do it. But it's hard to pinpoint it because uh, I'm kind of rethinking my entire my entire top 10 movie list period, but that's going to be way down the line for me to figure that out. I would, I would almost need to see a therapist, <laughs> I think, to try to get all of that shit straightened out. Uh, but my, my Tarantino top 10, or not top 10, he hasn't even made 10, but I'm, I'm kind of thinking Once Upon a Time is like 
it might be in it's in the top three which already sounds like a pretty extreme thing and the more i think about it, it's like is it one and even is it two like all of that is pretty intense it's hard to say uh so yeah i absolutely love that movie it has grown on me significantly i saw it twice in theaters 70 mil once and regular another and uh both times it was just as engrossing. It was better the second time because I got to pay attention more. It was kind of like rewatching The Wire, like I talked about. Like it, it's nice to know everybody and everything you're gonna see because then you can settle in and chill, uh, which is kind of a unique thing in uh, Tarantino. Because also, what I realized about Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is that uh, while Tarantino always has great characters and those characters have great friendships. Um, and just because like all of his movies are incredibly paced and as this, this is like definitely his slowest movie is one thing, but the other one is it's the first time where the characters aren't centered around like committing a bunch of crimes. You know what I mean? Like this is actually just a movie about two fucking dudes in Hollywood hanging out. And yeah, it's centered around the Manson crime thing, but that it's not really, you know what I mean? It just like gives a reason to tell the, it's almost the MacGuffin of the movie. Uh, well, I wouldn't even say almost cause it literally is, but yeah, it's it's it was cool to see a movie where you can watch dudes hang and like not have to be worried about them. You know what I mean? Like you don't know what's about to come because like nobody was about to fucking shoot at these dudes in the middle of the fucking set on some movie. Like there just wasn't much happening in terms of the usual Tarantino action. So to be able to just sit and relax and just kind of chill with these dudes, it's like the first time you can enjoy his writing and actually feel like you're hanging out with somebody. Because uh, while that's the case in Pulp Fiction and a bunch of shit, it's like this is the first time where it's not crime-centered. So it's like I can relate to these people a little more specifically, even though, you know, Leo plays a, quote, <laughs> famous actor, if you want to call him famous. Um, but yeah, so th that's just a really interesting dynamic to me, like the fact that he finally kind of wrote a thing where, you know, we're, we're just hanging out and every time it's like, I'm chilling with them again. And it's like, I know what's, I know what's going to go down. I know the beats like, and the guest casts are just all fucking awesome. It's, it's great to see him just like working with A-listers and just getting everybody on fucking board. And the fact that everybody just like wants to work for him now, it's like, it's one huge flex for sure. But, like, it fucking works, and I love it. And so that that's, like, a 9.3. Ah, oh, I did 8.3. Fuck. I should have said 9.1. I was originally going to say 9.1. I'm like, that's too low. Uh, But I gave Parasite a fucking... I think I just wanted to give it a 9.3 because the other people gave Parasite a 9.3. Well, anyway, that kind of just makes my whole thing sound flawed now that I just ripped all that off. Uh, but yeah, I mean, yeah, so that, that movie still wins for me. So since we're doing a, like, red, uh, since I'm retroactively, like, doing an Oscar thing, I do also want to mention that I started, uh, rewatch Joker. It just got added to, uh, HBO. Yeah, already doesn't hold up very well. And, uh, not because of the incel bullshit, which is technically stupid, because if you're gonna give, um, a movie shit for portraying blah 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 and like being a, a bad influence or whatever and saying that 
you know, this movie is going to cause crazy people to go crazy. You're just insensitive by saying that. Like, you think that this movie is just going to trigger some spurts of violence. It's like, if you're actually being politically correct, aren't you stupid <laughs> for thinking that a bunch of people are going to watch a movie about a comic book clown and just go off the fucking rails? Uh, I think all of that argument did not age well because clearly it didn't incite anything. And the movie itself is not some, like, edgelord thing. And you're technically kind of an asshole for judging it in that aspect. Like, it was, I think that it was trying to be genuine. So, whatever. Like, fuck off on that. You know, it's just that whole thing was annoying. It's like, no, this movie looks pretty sick. Stop doing the whole I have a counter argument thing just for the sake of it. Uh, but no, it, it didn't hold up that well just because the, the, the buildup was not that interesting. On the rewatch, it's like, since you already know what it is and how long it takes to take place, it's like, none, none of this that happens is really that exciting. And it just makes Joaquin's performance all that more special. Don't get me wrong. Like, he really didn't have anything to work with. He's like LeBron Cavs finals the first time when it's like, Mo Williams is the second best player and we're going to try to talk him up and make it seem like this is justifiable that this dude's going to be a stud in the finals? Like, eh, probably not. You know, so all the props to Joaquin for that. But, yeah, I, I had to turn it off, frankly. I didn't even get very far. Just didn't just didn't age well. So the most Oscar nominations, definitely a hype thing that that was going on. Uh, although the score, definitely agree on that one now. Because that shit was more noticeable than ever. And absolutely deserves all the praise that it has gotten since. So that's fantastic. Um, but I will say I did look it up. And like Joaquin, while I think he might be the the best actor that there is, frankly. I mean, I've never seen him not absolutely destroy and become another person every single time I've seen him in a movie. Um he was phenomenal in this again not with a lot of work a lot to work with deserve the actor one on legacy two on what i just said but three because listen to the people he has lost to when he's been nominated so the first time he lost to philip seymour and this is for actor uh he was nominated for supporting for gladiator but these are this is who he lost to for best actor which he won for joker so at first he was nominated for Walk the Line when he was Johnny Cash, which I think uh, retroactively the movie hasn't aged that well. I saw it like years later for the first time. I was like, this movie kind of sucks. It just ends right at the end. Like they didn't do a good job of making it like a narrative at all. Uh, but he nailed it and uh, was phenomenal. Uh, but he lost to Philip Seymour Hoffman. So there you go. <laughs> Fucking defendable you know what i mean then that's my point is that each time he lost it's like terrible timing for him because he absolutely crushed it and walked the line but you know lose to philip seymour hoffman that's a justified loss it's like when barkley's like i'm gonna lose that anybody it was fucking michael jordan you know ain't nothing wrong with that nobody's gonna be like bro i can't believe you lost you know so i think that this just speaks to joaquin's talent even more that like this is what it took and then on the next one Right, he gets nominated for um, the Master, in which was undoubtedly, uh, in my opinion, of all the movies I've seen of his, like absolutely his best performance. He absolutely crushes that, and is Freddie Quell the whole time. I mean, and that guy's fucking 
weird, bro. <laughs> if you haven't seen The Master, get the fuck on that. Uh, of course, the legend Paul Thomas Anderson, you know, big, uh, <laughs> big PTA guy in this podcast, as you should know. And then he loses fucking Daniel Day-Lewis when he does Lincoln. So he loses to other Paul Thomas Anderson actors. The other, the other, the only times he's nominated for Best Actor. So <clears throat> when you're crushing it that hard, all fucking respect to. But Joker uh, did not age well. Although the ending, I'm sure, phenomenal. I was thinking about just skipping to that and getting back at it because that is unbelievably good. You know, they should almost do a sequel just because. The best part was when he was Joker, which I guess isn't surprising in retrospect. <laughs> you know, that's what we all wanted. So, hopefully they do it, frankly, because uh, I'd love to see it. And Joaquin's got his fucking statue now. He doesn't have to play around. He can do whatever the fuck he wants, you know, which is always nice. Like, you know, Affleck is Batman. It's like, really? Fuck it. Who cares, bro? He's good. You know, he did The Town, which I also watched. Uh not, not that that was like an Oscar movie for him, I don't think in any way. That was Argo, which they still like. We're like, fuck you, Ben Affleck, uh, <laughs> which is mean. Um, it was dope. That's all I got to say about the town. Quick thing on there. Go watch the fucking town. It's it's absurd the way these guys act. They just rob things like f- like every week. <laughs> don't care about the heat. It's pretty dumb. And like their relationship stuff is terrible. But all the heist scenes are fucking sick and incredibly realistic. So, go watch that. Um, Yeah, we're just going to continue with some pretty strong movie content. It's been a big, uh, you know, been a, been, a, been a big movie time for me. And I assume for millions and millions of people. Uh, I did do the Oceans Trilogy thing. I didn't prepare anything for it, though. So, like, all, all three movies have officially been watched. Might have to go back and do it again, which, uh, you know... Might just be for me. I mean, uh, you know, you can't go wrong well, hanging hanging with the boys <laughs> every, every single time. So, yeah, I, I, I might have just uh, painted myself into a corner where I have to watch that fucking trilogy a hundred million times. And uh, you won't get any complaints from me on that aspect. But uh, what I am excited to talk about is, which I think is an underrated, undervalued, undertalked about part of youtube really as a whole is they have a movie section that's pretty much where i'll rent any movie just be just because of convenience you know i just already have the app apple pay loaded up ready to go you know you can watch it wherever just things like that um but they have a free movie section like there's ads but they're like you know youtube ads so they're five seconds 15 seconds max and they don't come up that often I feel like there's maybe three or four per movie, so that's fucking huge right off the bat. Uh, And I was browsing, you know, extensive lists, too. A lot of shit, as you'd predict. You know, there's going to be a lot of fucking terrible things in there. It's a free movie section. There's going to be things you've never heard of that basically don't even exist. But uh, the bright spot... Well, okay, so I saw Meatballs on there, which is Bill Murray's first movie. And, like, I think Ramis, Reitman, like, a bunch of legends were involved. I think. Maybe not Reitman. No, I think everybody was involved. Whatever. It doesn't matter because it sucked. I got about 20 minutes in, and 20 minutes in, I was already like, man, I've been watching this for about 15 minutes too long. <laughs> you know, maybe five. But still, uh, I mean, 
Bill Murray's charisma is all there and fantastic, but the right like the movie just doesn't have it. There's no juice in this movie at all, and I don't know why I've even heard of it before. It should be completely unrecognized. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, I was bored as shit. Now it may get fantastic, too too late. <laughs> it already took too long, so I'm out. Uh, I'm not going to give that another shot. The, my, the reason why I bring it up is my original plan was like I saw that and the movie I'm about to talk about, fucking Dirty Work, bro, which I hadn't seen up until this point, which uh, is a sad truth uh, that I'm not proud of, but uh, glad glad that I got there is all I, is all I can say before uh, I stir any pots before I get into it. Uh, but yeah, so the original plan was like, oh, I'm going to do like a YouTube, a free YouTube back-to-back of meatballs and dirty work, and we're going to get in, and then uh, fucking meatballs sucked. <laughs> and that really blew my plans out of the water, but shout out to Bill Murray. You know, wore some Blackhawks gear in the film. I bet that that was a personal wardrobe choice, which I uh, heavily respect. Uh, but yeah, fuck that movie, and we'll roll on. Uh, so yeah, free. Free to watch on YouTube, and not like some dude uploaded it. Important clarification I feel I need to make, because there are some movies you can just watch for free that got by, for sure. Uh, but no, like fully uploaded in its intended viewing capability. You're not going to get distorted bullshit or like bad audio or whatever. Um, it's all good. Uh, free to watch on YouTube. So go go check it out, because it's fucking incredible. And also you wonder how much better it could have been at the same time. Uh, and I say that because I guess there was a lot of pressure from the studio, and not even just pressure, I mean, it ended up happening. Like, for the movie to be PG-13, whereas, like, if you've ever listened to Norm MacDonald even talk for a fucking second, you know that it definitely should be a rated R movie. Uh, while we do get a lot of... They definitely got a lot in for the PG-13. Like, it doesn't have... It has PG-13 tone, but not PG-13 jokes, especially because it's Norm MacDonald and Artie Lang, like, who is just one big ball of vulgarity. So the fact that they made it PG-13 is is silly and a mistake, but it is the tone and plot of it is very Adam Sandler PG-13 romp, which makes sense. You know, they're boys and it's the same time SNL stuff, uh, but that that is how it actively is. But I do think that had they were able to swear more get more jokes in that they maybe couldn't have maybe more visual stuff that they wouldn't have wanted to have definitely could have been a better movie um but having said that uh i think that norm mcdonald is maybe the funniest person on earth and pretty much everything he says is brilliant uh i think that the element of surprise within comedy probably gets me the most where it's like i don't know what somebody's gonna say and i don't I never have any idea what's going to come out of that man's mouth. And, like, if you've heard his famous, which I, th I think is a thing, maybe not just his thing, but definitely his version of uh, the moth joke he did on, like, Conan or something. It's, like, 12 minutes long. It is brilliant. Uh, lots of things like that. Just, uh, you know, big. I love his Weekend Update stuff, even if it isn't technically popular. Uh, it's really dark. Uh, famously after the OJ trial. Uh, <laughs> after o the verdict comes in, he hit it with the classic all-time line that I think is brilliant. Uh, breaking news, murder is now legal in the state of California. I absolutely love that. Uh, this movie was directed by Bob Saget, 
So if that's any incentive for you to maybe watch this, I, I, I was interested just to see like what that meant. Like, does he have the chops for this? Uh, remains to be seen. You know, not 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 necessarily seeking out any more Bob Saget's directorial efforts. Uh, I don't think that. I, weirdly, I want to say that directors don't matter in comedies, but I think that that is an ignorant statement for me to make myself. So I'm just gonna say it and unsay it right now. I didn't say that. So, moving on. Uh, they had this recurring skit throughout where like people get chucked in a dumpster. Fucking hilarious. Love that. Uh, and also an early um, appearance for Natalie from Monk. <laughs> and now that that may be totally rude, like to whatever else she may have been in, because I genuinely don't know. Don't even know the actress's name. Didn't didn't care to write it down. I literally wrote Natalie from Monk because the second I saw her, I was like, boom, that's that's instant connection. You know what I mean? And I couldn't leave that by the wayside. I'm a big Monk guy. If you haven't watched Monk, it's better than Psych. Imagine a little more drama, but just better, you know? Outside of the Twin Peaks episode of Psych. One of the greatest homages I've ever seen. You know, shouts out to that. Big props. Big ups. Uh, but, you know, and the issue, Natalie in Monk, very controversial. <laughs> you know, on a side note, because I, I was all in on Sharona. Like, when Sharona left, I was like, how will they ever do this? And it took Natalie a minute. It took a couple seasons. She had to earn my trust, earn my stripes retroactively. A Natalie fan, you know, definitely still a Sharona guy in my heart, but uh, who knows how the rewatch would go up. And also, I just want to note while we're talking Monk, um, this may this may have been obvious to everybody, as I'm sure that it was, but I didn't piece together that Leland Stottlemyre was that actor is Buffalo Bill in Silence of the Lambs. Didn't piece those together. Didn't realize that those were the same guy. So, uh. You know, just a little weird thing to think about that, you know, your favorite detective for the San Francisco Police Department also may be a murderer with a pit in his living room. So food for thought. Just think about that. Uh, but anyway, so the plot for this movie is pretty much nonsense. It's kind of just a reason for them to have a series of skits uh, for the beginning. But they basically start a revenge for higher business. Brilliant. Again, would have been boosted by the R rating. And they just get into a bunch of wacky shit. They go to jail. That's a funny bit. And then uh, the movie kind of fails towards the end where, like, the plot has to happen and they have to do just a bunch of story stuff. Uh, it kind of hurts it, which is usually the opposite. It's like, okay, here's another skit. That would usually be a bad thing. Whereas uh, these guys are so fucking funny that I, I would have rather just watch them do a bunch of skits the whole time. Frankly, this movie should have almost not had any story. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, I mean, definitely got hit by the requirement of PG-13. Who knows how good this movie really could have been. But it was fucking hilarious, especially for a PG-13 movie. Um, definitely one of those where it's like, don't trust the Rotten Tomatoes. Because uh, if you're going to critique this movie as like a film, then sure, it's one of the worst things of all time. Uh, but if you're going to judge it by how funny it is, then you're going to love it. So just think about it like that. And uh, fucking do it. Because Norman Artie, that should be enough right there. Like, like I'll pay money. Give me that ticket. The fact that it didn't make any money is insane to me. I think that the studio just didn't back it would be my guess. And they just kind of fucked it all over. Uh, but 
Did that in turn like fuck up Norm's entire film career? Like, could he have become a huge dude? Uh, I I mean, I hope not, frankly, because if it was like this movie was make or break, then that's bullshit and unfair because they ruined it. So it's like they sabotaged his career for him. Let him let somebody ruin their own career. <laughs> that is that is my firm hot take. You know, you need to you need the freedom to destroy your own shit. Not have the studio fuck it up for you, uh, but yeah, if there, if there if anybody is looking to make another Norm movie, please do it. Call that guy up and do it right now because I guarantee that you have the audience, even if you don't think that you do. Uh, sorry for the squeak there. I'm feeling a little antsy, you know, getting a little antsy in my fancy today. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I don't know. See, so I'm kind of on the fence about this whole thing. Uh, and by that, because of this uh, non-spoken transition. Uh, you may wonder what I'm talking about. Uh, doing like a super planned out episode versus not, it's like in between, you know what I mean? Like I don't get as good a riffs going, but it's like clearly arguably more interesting. I don't know. It's very hard to gauge, you know, but whatever. I, I, I guess the, the answer is to just continue doing both. I think that it ends up working out very well. So good job, Adam. Glad that you figured that out. Thanks, buddy. I appreciate it. Uh, moving on, I just wanted to share uh, a slightly interesting thing that I did reference um, in my story on Instagram the other day. I noticed that on uh, Bill Simmons' podcast, on one of his newer episodes, and I only say this because I'm a huge Bill Simmons fan, uh, immensely so, like since page two, and that's only... <clears throat> That's only a big statement for me as a fan because, like, when he was on page two, I was, like, single-digit years old, probably. Uh, that timeline might be off a little bit. But, I mean, yeah, I was, like, 12, if anything, you know. <clears throat> Don't talk about loyalty, Bill. You're hooking them when they're young. You're like a fucking tobacco company. Uh, but real quick, just so we don't make this all but bill and i'm trying to fucking hook people for views which wink wink maybe a little bit but also at uh 55 minutes 48 seconds yeah i, I pinpointed it real accurately so nobody has to like fucking run around for this and so i could have just uh posted it and got it over with uh on 662 of his episode and on my episode 16 six minutes 35 seconds in uh we both have an issue where we don't know how to say things about dictators like if if something is dictator-like we basically just say dictatorial, and uh, that got me real hype. You know, when you get in that uh, that same wavelength, it's pretty exciting. It was uh, almost as excited as I was when Adam Scott pulled out the doll on the Parks and Rec special. It was like right there. I was like, oh, my God, I know that I did this. And then I had to go scouring through my episodes to try to find the thing because, uh, believe it or not, when I say that I don't really know what happens on these uh, it's pretty, pretty accurate. <laughs> uh, I don't really, I try not to listen back because the thing is like when I'm doing this, I kind of live edit it for a little, uh, inside baseball here for you. Uh, yeah, I kind of just pick and choose what I want in and out of it as that happens. So everything is like a live decision, right? So if I go through a stretch that's like fucking whack, believe me, like plenty of stuff does get cut. Don't get me wrong. It's not that this is not edited. Uh, it's just that I intentionally don't spend a lot of time on it because I like it to exist as like a little burst of energy into the earth. 
You know what I mean? Like, I just spewed all this nonsense into the fucking universe, and now it has to exist. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'll probably start listening back once it once I have, like, stakes in place. You know, like, when there's any risk of my dreams being destroyed and <laughs> and, and I have to, like, uh, justify my behavior to the world. You know, like, when this parasite take uh, rips me down and uh, strips me of all my pride and glory. You know, maybe then I'll listen back and think, you know what, I I am a terrible person for having uh, free will and my own thoughts. And I, I should be destroyed. You know, I, I don't deserve America. <laughs> and America does not deserve me. I'll do better the next time. Uh... <laughs> Just going to close out, I guess, with current events, which uh, almost is a plus of me lagging this much ass on getting the episode done, um, is that one Mr. Joseph Rogan, I assume his name is Joseph and not just Joe, uh, yet another, the only one that I know previously is last podcast on the left, but yet another podcast in what is apparently a large sea of them. Uh, signing an exclusive deal with Spotify. Now, my thoughts on this are, for Joe Rogan, get your fucking money, bro. Mad respect. Uh, I have no issues with it, because Spotify's fucking free, so, like, it doesn't really change anything, like he said. And he has enough audience that why does he need to be available anywhere? You go find him. You know what I mean? So he has earned that right. Uh, I personally wouldn't go... Well, I don't know. You flash $100 million at me like his deal is reported to be. That's a whole other story. Uh, but I probably wouldn't go just because, like, I'm an Apple guy, so I just wouldn't want to do it for that reason. But who knows when you see the cash. But that's that's a whole other argument anyway. Uh, I just think that the issue with that will eventually become... Well, I don't know. Like, because Spotify's free, it's like, is there an issue with it at all? I just think, like, eventually if it's, like, everybody's going to be on networks, then the whole point of podcasting being, like, a free and open thing could become compromised. Like, if everybody's signing exclusivity deals, does it become, like, a streaming wars thing? Uh, because while, while I understand that's literally the case, I just mean, like... Oh, like, I have Netflix because I watch Orange is the New Black, or I have Hulu because I like network TV, or whatever the reason is. Are you going to be like, I have to pick a podcast subscription service based on what I like? Because if that ends up ever being the case, then that will be a flaw for everybody, and then we'll basically just be starting the music industry over again. You know, and it'll just end up having to rise and collapse apart itself Again, I don't know. That's like an extreme worst case scenario to what everything could be. But that is my only hesitation on it. I do I do say, like, if you're a fucking podcaster and you get a fucking offer with fat stacks, you absolutely take it, you know? So no fault to any creator that does that. It's just like, is Spotify being a fucking malicious dick about it? You know what I mean? Because as much as any contract might end up being, like, artist-friendly... That, that'll that still stay true for them, but it's like, is the fact that they're under contract make it non-consumer friendly? You know, so, you know, potentially something to watch out for and definitely something I'm afraid of. I don't want to see like a huge like you have to pay for shit in podcasts, uh, <clears throat> which again, 
uh, has nothing to do with like Rogan's deal at all. That's just me worrying about down the road, you know, because <clears throat> you can't be looking at stuff all smiling and shit. You got to be like, bro, this shit fucked up, you know. <sighs> yeah, I don't know. Don't got the hot takes, I guess. Just trying to cover the road, bro. I ain't out here spewing fucking fat's ass at the people. Um, but who is? One Mr. David Lynch, uh, as as <laughs> as we don't even really need to fucking say, is my fucking guy. Uh, 100% backed. You know, no gripes. Except, dude, you know, we don't talk about it. Uh, <clears throat> but uh, fucking dropped. He's been doing these weather reports, which are incredibly soothing and amazingly David Lynch, where he literally just tells Los Angeles what the weather is for the day by looking out the window. Uh, which is phenomenal, and I mean, I could just listen to him talk all day. I wish he had a podcast where he just talked about day to day shit. Like, I I would love to see a side of him where he's like, "Don't you hate it when you go to get your bagel, <laughs> and they don't give you the whatever?" You know, I just think that that would be entertaining. But I think that a podcast for David Lynch is uh, definitely out of the question, to say the least. Uh. I'll have to resort to watching episodes of the Cleveland show to hear him <laughs> just recite regular dialogue. Uh, but he dropped in the midst of all these weather reports a nice little animated short film. And uh, while I think that it's probably not as good as the earlier this this year, was that this year? When What Did Jack Do drop? Jesus, I don't even know anymore because, you know, this year has taken the sharpest left turn uh, probably of any year in my lifetime. Uh, <laughs> I think that that's pretty safe to say. Uh, but I would say that if like, you're going to compare short films, I would much rather watch What to Jack Do just simply on an entertainment factor. I mean, there's dialogue in it, for one. Kind of a big help. Uh, it's also, again, fun, like I said, to just listen to David Lynch talk. So big ups to that because he stars in it. Uh, whereas... The Fire short film is kind of like his old stuff from, like, the 70s and 80s where, like, he was in school for painting and, like, made animations out of those. Fire's definitely, like, in that vein and, like, some pretty cool stuff happens. And it's just, like, a neat little thing. I wouldn't, uh, fucking sprint to your computer to watch it, um, definitely recommend, like, turning it up. The music is a big factor and it's, like, watching it big time. Uh, but it's just great to see. It's just great to see, you know, any more new fucking David Lynch shit because I feel like if anybody's going to drop the surprise movie that's going to shake us all to our core, it's that guy, you know? Because I, I feel like almost nobody can work in secret like him just because uh, I think his entire life and existence is just one big fucking mystery <laughs> so I think he knows how to conceal when he's making a fucking movie, especially because he's got the downest crew ever. Like everybody that has worked with him is hella about it, uh, which I think is a trait in like every great director ever. Don't get me wrong, but uh, his little crew is definitely a lot stranger and probably more committed. But Lord, you know, Laura Dern got the Oscar now. You know, lots of clout around. Uh, all the Lynch people. Kyle MacLachlan has only been a steady output of wholesomeness, wine, coffee, and fucking solid television acting ever since. Uh, ever since what? I don't know. I was going to say Twin Peaks, but, you know, he's been around for a lot longer than that. And he's just been a fucking force to be reckoned with. And we can go down the list. 
you know, even just like the people he was able to get to add to season three. So anyway, I'm just saying like he got the honorary Oscar himself. Can't believe I left that out. But it's also kind of bullshit. It's also why I kind of left it out. You know, I don't. I think that like the honorary thing is uh, kind of a dick move. Like, hey, we fucked up. And, you know, you might die <laughs> before you make another movie. I just think the fact that you could see Blue Velvet and not be like, ring her up. That's a winner. Or Mulholland Drive, especially. Actually, let's let's talk about the true champ for like Oscar wise is why I'm saying that. I, I probably like Blue Velvet more as a movie, but. Not the point here or there. I'm just saying he arguably has never had more clout than ever before because I know that like in the 90s it kind of fell off after he went from Wild at Heart to then the Twin Peaks movie, which people hated at the time. I will say retroactively, probably a top three Lynch movie. Uh, but that's that's a ranking that would really have to go. I think that if I were, yeah, if I were to do, my ranking episode would probably end up being like uh, Tarantino, well, I don't know about the order, but I would do like Tarantino, uh, Anderson and Lynch because they all have like the same amount of movies is a good reason uh, I could do I've already talked about this but I could do the big like Tarantino uh, Anderson comparison thing whereas like the Lynch comparison thing does not factor into that fucking statement at all <laughs> you know but I just think with with all the cloud he's fucking got now would be the time to just swing dick and be like, all right, here's the here's the craziest thing you've ever seen in your life. Because, I don't know, he had those, like, meetings at Netflix and shit. And that was, like, a couple of years back. So you're telling me he just went in for some meetings and that was it? I don't know. I feel like there's got to be one more thing coming. You know, I don't, I doubt that that was just a what did Jack do meeting. The, right? Like, would they even bring him in? Would he even go in for that? You know what I mean? Think about it. So that that's like my last like quarantine hope is that he's really just like doing all this to really amp us up. Like he's doing his like Kanye Good Fridays thing, you know, to let us know like yeah, shit's about to go off. It's like uh, it's like when Kendrick drops like the Heart Part Eight, and we're like, oh fuck, the new record's on the way. You know that that's that's when I'm hoping is coming that he's like fucking get a clue, motherfuckers. I got business to conduct. But, I mean, to be honest, that's all that's really been going on, you know. Uh, the Jordan doc's over. Rest in peace. Uh, it was phenomenal. The ending was a little, uh, it felt like it was going to be a little lackluster. Like, the last episode started off pretty whatever. And then it uh, really came through and uh, sent her home pretty nice. So, no gripes there. But then other than that, you know, we're just waiting. Just waiting for something. So, hopefully more good news comes. Until then, like, I'm just going to be... Trying to watch as much shit as possible so I can have something <laughs> so I can have something to describe through on here. But uh the leading thing in that is I'm gonna watch the uh controversial Oscar actor, director, picture maybe not director, but controversial multi, multi, multi mega winner, the silent film, the artist from twenty eleven. I've always been very interested in it. I like that that's an idea. That's uh, if you know me at all, that's totally my thing. Like just making something out of its era and like repurposing something like to make a modern silent film is 
awesome. Like just black and white in general is nuts, you know. So to go to all those links and do all this stuff, very interested in it. But I know that it hasn't aged well, like at least as those winners. Like people don't retroactively look at that. Uh, so my my concern is that it's just going to be a fucking snooze fest, uh, which seems to be pretty likely because I think people would love it if it wasn't. Uh, but very eager to talk about that because we're we're just doing back in time hot takes at this point, <laughs> and uh, it's just gonna I'm just gonna keep jumping around the timeline of like ah oh, fuck this thing, you know. But I I I honestly kind of have decent expectations for it, which uh, if anything will hurt it. But I'm I'm not assuming that it's gonna suck. I'm I'm actually assuming that it's gonna be underrated at this point i think that if i watched it at the peak of its powers a la parasite i would have been disappointed so maybe now i'll be pleasantly surprised see how i just came in all full circle tell me i'm not a professional get the fuck out of here uh but yeah so that that's my concern on that is that or not concern that is my expectation on that that maybe i'll be pleasantly surprised although it's likely that it might just suck and everybody kind of started to dog on it for a reason but we'll see going forward. Uh, again, uh, follow me on Instagram at adam.rfat. Link in bio takes you to everything. I'm not going to do a whole thing on it. There's music and then there's this. That's pretty much what's going on. Uh, yeah, so this was fun. Uh, hopefully I won't be fucking lagging and we can uh, get the next one back on track for a Monday, Tuesday release. Not that anybody's fucking clamoring for more. <laughs> Come on. Uh, oh, also, you can contact uh, the podcast about anything, you know, if you maybe you want to be on it. You know, give me a call. We'll talk about it. Uh, rfatpodcast at gmail.com. R-F-A-T podcast at gmail.com. And that's all I got for you, uh, ladies and gentlemen. So we'll do this again. Before I go, I just want to remind you that I are fat. You are fat. We are fat. Calculator.